Hi there! Welcome to Growpoint Timbagete Podcast. How are you today? We're so glad you could come and listen with us as we learn about Jesus' life here on earth. A few weeks ago, we learned about Jesus' teachings on how to be rooted and grounded in Him. The more you stay rooted, the more you are aware of Him. The intimacy with Him as you stay grounded is one of the grace-filled benefits that is worth being joyful for. Next on our series is called Empowered Witness. The more you are rooted and grounded, the more the inner person in you changes. And these changes in you can cause other people to want to know more about Jesus. Not only are we witnesses to His amazing grace, we are also empowered by Him. How? Why? All these we can learn during the next podcast. It's a good thing to note, beloved, that the Holy Spirit that empowered the apostles more than 2,000 years ago is the same Spirit that lives inside of you today. Be a powerful witness to our powerful God. Today is a very exciting day because we will start a brand new series, a brand new study in the book of Acts. But before we go into the Word, let's join our hearts together and let's ask God's blessing in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this beautiful day. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. We thank you, God, for loving us so much that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross more than 2,000 years ago. He was buried in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day, he rose again victoriously. And there, he defeated the enemy. There, he crushed the enemy. And there, he triumphantly defeated sin, death, and hell in our behalf. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving us. Thank you for eternal life. We thank you, Spirit of God, for helping us to understand that we are sinners on our way to hell, but that there is salvation in Jesus Christ by simply trusting in Him as our Savior after we turn away from our sins. We thank you that through repentance of sin and trusting in Christ alone as our Savior, we can be assured that we will not perish, but we will have everlasting life in heaven. Oh God, I pray now as we come into your word that you will speak to us, that you will encourage us, that you will challenge us, that Lord God, you will draw us closer to you and that you will help us to align our lives according to your ways and according to your will. Use your word now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I've said, this is a very exciting day because today we will begin our journey and study through the book of Acts. And the title of our new series is simply Empowered Witness. We will learn together the Spirit's work through the church, the Christian church, the body of believers. You might be asking the question, why do we need to study the book of Acts? Why of all the books in the New Testament, the book of Acts? Well, I have two reasons I want to share with you this morning. Number one, we study the book of Acts because this is our history. This is the record of the life okay, of our spiritual ancestors. So kung mabasa ka book of Acts, ang imong mabasaan diya, mo ni siya ang kanabitong uh, kasaysayan sa Tagalog pa. Mo ni siya ang history sa ato ang spiritual ancestors. The leaders and other characters mentioned here, not all of them, are our eternal brothers and sisters in the Lord. And the book of Acts is our spiritual family history. Did you catch that? If you remember, you know, nasiguro yung mga panahon nga, like you, makahinumdom ta nga katong mga panahon nga, atong lolo o lula maghisgot sa atong mga katigulangan. You know, we, we try to ask them, you know, why did we arrive in this place? Why are we living in this place? 
you know, why are we living in such a way? And then they will tell us the story of how their, you know, great, great parents, their grandparents, you know, used to do this and they bought this land. And eventually, uh, that's why you are where you are. And it's, it's so nice to listen to those stories because you're listening to your own story, your own history. That's the case for the book of Acts. It is our history. Remember that as a believer, as a Christian, you are part of the church. You are part of the body of Christ. And Acts okay, is a very important book to help you and me understand how the people of God, the church, okay, how they lived on mission and faithfully labored for the Lord Jesus Christ, how they loved and supported one another, and how they learned and grew together spiritually, and how they lived for the glory of God. Looking at it from God's perspective, Acts is not just our history, it's His story about His own people. It's God's story, actually. Number two, this is our continuing story. Now, if you have read the book of Acts, you, should, you would have noticed that Acts starts with the final instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and in the coming of the Holy Spirit. So, in fact, that's what we will look at this morning in Acts chapter 1. We'll look at the first 11 verses of this beautiful chapter. Then the story of how the Spirit empowers the church and how they began to testify for the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Um, in Acts chapter 2, you can read about Peter after they prayed and the, the Spirit of God came. And then Peter stood up and, you know, there were thousands of people out there who thought that they were drunk. And then Peter preached the gospel, explaining to them that what, what they, were, they were witnessing, okay? They were witnessing the coming of the Spirit of God, empowering the people of God to testify for the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But when you, you know, come to the very end of the, of, of the book of Acts, you will notice that the book ends abruptly and it ends with the story of Paul being imprisoned in Rome under house arrest and then he while waiting to be tried before Caesar he's been waiting for two years by that time he was preaching the kingdom of God teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ unhindered and then the book of Acts ends that way it's quite abrupt you know why it's you know why it ends that way in fact what happened to Paul, really? Was he, you know, con condemned and was he martyred or was he acquitted and released? What happened to Paul? We don't have a biblical record of what happened to Paul after that. And that, I believe, has a reason. That has a purpose. And I believe that the purpose is that God wants us to realize that the details concerning how Paul's life ended is not as important okay, as how Paul and the other apostles spent and invested their lives for the kingdom of God. What is more important for us okay, is to realize that the church led by Peter and the other apostles and then later on by Paul, okay, they faithfully witnessed and testified for the Lord Jesus Christ and that should continue today in our generation until God comes again. Until the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
you realize that the narrative, the story of the Spirit's work through the church did not end with Paul in Rome in the first century. It continues with us today in the 21st century. And I, I, I firmly believe personally that that's the reason why God chose to end the story of the church empowered by the Holy Spirit, testifying about the Lord Jesus Christ in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of, of the world, of the known world. Okay? He wanted to end it that way because he wants us to realize the story has not ended yet. The story goes on. The story continues today. Again, we can say that Acts is not only his story of his own people, but that Acts is also a story about his people, a continuing story about his people fulfilling the Great Commission, being motivated by the Great Commandments. And as we study the book of Acts, I don't know for how long, the question is, what can we learn? What is the main theme? Okay, what can we learn there's so many themes that we can pick up from this book, but I believe that the main theme is this, that the Holy Spirit enables the church, the Holy Spirit enables the church to faithfully testify for Jesus Christ. And mo makita from beginning to the end. What we can read in the book of Acts, okay, starting with Jesus, uh, instructing his disciples to wait for the promise of the Father found for us, you know, in chapter 1. Which, the whole, which is the Holy Spirit, by the way, money promise of the Father, and the Spirit of God will empower them, will enable them as witnesses of Christ to stand up, okay, to speak up and proclaim boldly this Jesus, okay, the Son of God, whom they crucified and who rose again on the third day. This Jesus God is raised up of that we are all witnesses, according to Peter in, in chapter 2, verse 32. Until mahuman ang gospel, I mean, mahuman ang acts, ang imong makita, unsaman, ang mga believers, ang mga Christians, empowered and enabled by the Holy Spirit, faithfully proclaiming the gospel, advancing the kingdom of God through witnessing. Muna imong makita. Ang imong malearn yun is, ang Holy Spirit mo ay nag-empower nila. Ang Holy Spirit mo ay nag-enable sa ila ha. So what we can learn and what we can see is that the Holy Spirit of God, the promise of the Father, the Spirit of Christ who lives within the body of Christ, who lives within the body of the believers, He enables the Christians, He enables the church to faithfully witness for Jesus Christ. In the Gospels, we can read about the Lord Jesus who was constantly on the move, preaching and teaching about the kingdom of God and the gospel of salvation through faith in Him alone. In the book of Acts, what we can read okay, is the Holy Spirit on the move. He is on the move through the church, enabling the believers to boldly proclaim the kingdom of God and faithfully testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's another thing that we can learn. Christianity is not just a religion. Christianity is a movement. And the power behind the movement is no other than the Holy Spirit of God. And He uses witnesses, empowered witnesses of Jesus Christ to reach the whole world with the gospel. The movement started in the first century, more than 2,000 years ago. 
and continues today in the 21st century. You see, Christianity is a global gospel movement of the Holy Spirit through the church. That's Christianity. When you and I can be part of the movement. In fact, we should join and participate in the movement, actively participate in the movement. Because like the apostles, we too are witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. We as the, the Christian believers of the 21st century, we are witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you might be asking the question, how can we join and actively participate, you know, and be part of the movement, this gospel movement powered by the Holy Spirit through the church to reach the world with the gospel? To actively join and be part of the movement, we need to look at the first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, as it's commonly called, and then learn. Learn from it. Unsa may gisulti ni Jesus Christ sa mga disciples before sila nagsugod, okay? O testify, nagsugod, o wali, nagsugod, o preach sa gospel. And that's very, very important. Because, uh, obviously, um, Luke, under the power, um, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote the Acts of the Apostles in such a way for a reason. So, atong tanawan. First of all, if ganaan makajoin ta, maging parta of the gospel movement, this global gospel movement of the Holy Spirit through the church, we need to look at the final instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ to His disciples. Basahan na to ang... Sinugdanan jud sa Acts of the Apostles. Now let's read from verse 1. Ngat to sa verse uh, 3, first of all. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when, we, when He was taken up after He had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom He had chosen. He presented Himself alive to them after His suffering by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And Luke here, of course, is commonly believed to be the writer of the book of Acts, is talking about his first letter to Theophilus, the same person that he addressed in his gospel, okay, the gospel of Luke. And if um, if imong tanawin dito, maori gapon nga tao ang iyahanggi sulatan. So it follows that this uh, the second book, the book of Acts, is a continuation of his letter to Theophilus. And in my first letter, I talked about Jesus Christ, how you know he suffered, and after he suffered, he rose again, and then he showed many, many proofs to his disciples and to, to, to the eyewitnesses of his resurrection. It was proven to be you know, um, someone who died and who rose again on the third day. Okay, he appeared to them and they saw the grave clothes. They saw the empty tomb, you know, and there were more than 500 eyewitnesses at the same time. And so, and then after that, he was, you know, taken up to be, uh, I mean, to go to heaven. Verse 4, while staying with them, that's Jesus, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so, here's one of the things that dapat atong hinumduman. 
if we're going to actively participate and join the global gospel movement of the Holy Spirit through the church, we need to learn, first of all, from the final instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ to His disciples before He ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. We need to learn the power for witnessing comes from the Holy Spirit. Notice the phrase found in verse 4, the promise of the Father. What is the promise of the Father? In Luke chapter 24, verse 45 to verse 49, if mubalik ta sa iyang gospel mo ni ang gingon dito sa uh, Luke, verse 45, then Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. This happened after His resurrection. And He said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Now, that's the Great Commission right there, right? Uh, if, you, if you remember in the last message, last Sunday, I talked about the Great Commission passages. It's not just Matthew chapter 28, okay? It includes Luke chapter 24, and then uh, the last part of the Gospel of John, and then, of course, the Gospel of Mark, and then here in Acts chapter 1. And notice what he said, going back to Luke chapter 24, verse 48. Jesus said, you are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses of these things. You have, you have seen it happen before you. You know the truth about these things. And you are to testify of the truth. Verse 49, he said, and behold, I am sending the promise of the Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And from the book of Acts, okay, uh, as Luke recorded it, we can learn that the promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit who will give power to the witnesses of Jesus Christ to testify of the truth. You see, a witness is a person who knows the truth and willingly testifies to it. To take it a step further, the word witness in this verse, in Acts chapter 1, by the way, okay, the word witness is from the Greek word where we get our English word martyr. So, that is talking or referring to a person who knows the truth and who will speak the truth and testify to the truth even if it means losing his own or her own life. So, to be a witness for Jesus Christ and testify to the unbelieving, which is oftentimes hostile world, is not an easy task. It's not easy. It is challenging. Oftentimes, it can be very discouraging when you receive opposition and persecution. And persecutions and op oppositions normally come from your own family, your own friends. They're not necessarily coming from strangers. That's why it is very discouraging and challenging at times. We cannot consistently preach the gospel and effectively win people to the Lord apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples, by the way, these men were with him for more than three years. They heard him preach. He focused on them. He discipled them. He taught them. He modeled life for them. He modeled preaching and prayer for them. 
they were with him. They, they ate with him. And they traveled with him. They were there when Jesus performed the miracles. They were there when Jesus, you know, um, cast out demons. They were there when Jesus preached and taught and confronted, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians and everybody else who was opposed and who was against him. They were with Jesus. They walked with Jesus. They journeyed with Jesus. They ministered with Jesus. They saw the miracles, even the feeding of the 5,000 and the raising of the dead from life. They saw Lazarus coming back to life. So these men and women, I mean, these men, although, although they were not formally educated, but they were well-educated. Jesus was their teacher. Jesus was their discipler. And if you could actually say that because they spent three and a half years with Jesus Christ, these men were ready for ministry. These men were ready to tackle the world. But no, Jesus said, wait, wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Because the power for witnessing is in the Holy Spirit. He is the power for witnessing. The promise of the Father. In verse 8, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And then he said, and you will be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the uttermost parts of the earth. So if we're going to join this global gospel movement of the Holy Spirit through the church, learn first of all that the power for witnessing is from the Holy Spirit. It's not from yourself. It's not from your group. It's not from anyone else or anything else. It's coming from the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who will give us power, dynamic power that enables us to be a faithful and fruitful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Second thing that we need to learn the priority of witnessing. Because notice, ang yahang mga disciples, okay, in Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 6, when Jesus talked about the promise of the Father, when Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father. And then in verse 6, they responded to Jesus this way. So when they had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And listen to the reply of the Lord Jesus Christ, beginning in verse 7. He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. In other words, the focus and priority of the disciples is not to know the times and seasons. They are not to be so concerned about the sequence of events and the exact dates of when these things should happen. That's not your focus. That's not your concern. You can trust God about that. Instead, okay, instead, their focus and concern should be to testify for Jesus Christ as his witnesses. In a similar manner, we cannot be caught up with so much details about prophecy. Although, you know, to have a basic knowledge and understanding of future eschatological events is helpful and is motivational, it cannot be, you know, our focus. We cannot be caught up with so much details about these things that, you know, a lot of times the Bible is not so clear about. What should be our focus instead is to faithfully and wisely use our time and resources 
in telling the world about the way to the Father, about the way of salvation, and that is Jesus Christ. You see, you know, in, in many ways, mopuni ang attitude to church in general, Karun. There are so many churches and there's so many of us, okay, that are so caught up with detailed Bible studies about various doctrines, okay, that, and, and then we, we end up with no more time to reach out to our community with the gospel, to evangelize them. So many Christians and churches are debating about what comes first, regeneration or repentance, okay? What comes first? And we fail to realize that there are so many lost sinners out there who simply needs to understand that they are sinners on their way to hell and that apart from Jesus, they will never be saved. And what they need to do is to repent of their sin, to turn away from their sins and trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Savior. They don't need to understand all of these things. You know, what, which comes first, regeneration, repentance, faith, if, is faith a gift or is faith Man's choice. Those things tell you. But there are so many Christians who are so, quote-unquote, you know, they're so busy, they're so caught up with all of these little, little details, and they neglect evangelism. They neglect community outreach. They don't even speak the gospel to their neighbors, to their friends, and, you know, people in their workplace and neighborhood, which is very, very sad. Whether... <laughs> Whether the person needs to be regenerated first before he repents is not that important, isn't it? After all, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. What we should be concerned about is our part. And our part is to take the step of faith, believing that the, the, the gospel is powerful, believing that the Holy Spirit is powerful, and we, we only need to take the step of faith to Seek and to seize the opportunity to share the gospel and testify about the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can trust the Spirit of God to do His part. You should be concerned about your part of declaring the good news in love. Seek for opportunities. Create opportunities. Seize opportunities to testify for Jesus Christ. Our priority is to win souls, not arguments. Our priority is to witness for Christ. That's the priority. Okay? It's not to know the times and you know the seasons, Jesus said. It is to be His witnesses empowered by the Holy Spirit. So witnessing is our priority. The third thing we need to understand, if we're going to take part of this global gospel movement of the Holy Spirit through the church, is that the person in witnessing is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you are my witnesses. In the King James Version, it says, ye shall be witnesses unto me. In other words, our message is about Jesus Christ who loves us so much that he died for us and rose again on the third day. The message is not about our church name. The message is not about our music. It's not about our activities. It's not about us. Our message is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the person. Jesus is the message in witnessing. He's our branding. Remember that. You shall be my witnesses. We are to testify about Christ, that He is the Son of God who came and took the form of a man. 
He became obedient to the Father, and He was the one who died on the cross for your sins and mine, and He was buried in the borrowed tomb. He rose again on the third day victoriously, defeating sin, death, and hell, and even Satan and his demons, delivering us from the penalty of sin and the power of sin. He is our message, Jesus Christ. So if we're going to be part of this gospel movement, the global gospel movement of the Holy Spirit through the church, you need to understand, Jesus is your message. The person of witnessing is Jesus Christ. The person in witnessing is Jesus Christ. It's so sad that a lot of times we can hear, you know, and we can watch on TV. <laughs> Christians talk more about their church. They talk more about their activities than they talk about Jesus. And the message is no longer about Christ and His salvation. I hope that that doesn't happen to us. And let's pray for the other churches. And let's pray for our church. Let's be more concerned about our church. And we can trust God to take care of you know, the other churches. Let's focus on proclaiming Jesus Christ. He is our message. The fourth thing we need to learn. The plan for witnessing. Again in verse 8, Jesus said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts or the end of the earth. And the disciples were to witness for Jesus both in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That little word both is very important. It means that we are to testify for Jesus in all the places that we can. Some say that, first of all, you must take care of your own Jerusalem, which means which can mean your own family, your own circle of friends, or your own neighborhood before you even begin to witness in other places. And I say, you know, that might be taking this verse a little too far. And also, in the Bible, we can read the word both. Okay? So, the word both indicates that we are to be witnessing not only in Jerusalem, but also in Judea and Samaria and the, and the ends of the earth. That means we are to be witnessing for Jesus Christ in all the places that we can as the Lord leads us and as the Lord guides us. I think it's a balance of having a burden for your own people, for your own family, your own friends, for your own neighborhood, for your own community, and at the same time, taking steps of faith, okay? in seeking and seizing the opportunities in other places as the Lord leads and as the Lord guides. In the end, it's the Holy Spirit. He is the Lord of the harvest and He knows where the fish are. That's beautifully illustrated for us in the story in, in Luke chapter 5. Remember when Peter and the others were fishing all night and then in the morning they were, you know, mending their nets. Caught, they caught nothing and then Jesus appeared and Jesus told them early in the morning, which was not the best time to go fishing. Jesus said, launch out into the deep, which is not the best spot, you know, humanly speaking, you know, for fishing because their nets were designed for shallow waters. And, you know, they were better off, you know, fishing at night using a, a lamp. So the, the fish will be attracted to that light and they can easily catch them by their nets. But then it was already daytime. You could no longer use the lamp. There was nothing that can attract the fish. And then Jesus said, launch out into the deep. But then they listened to Jesus nevertheless, and they did what Jesus did, what Jesus said. They obeyed him. And then as a result, they caught a lot of fish that they could no longer, they could not even contain in their boats. 
Jesus knows where the fish are. The Holy Spirit knows where the fish are. He knows where is that heart that is ready and receptive and ready to be reaped. To follow the leading of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you cannot restrict yourself and say, No, I haven't, I haven't won my entire family to the Lord, so I cannot witness to my neighbors. I haven't won my office, so I can't go to other, you know, other places. No. As you seek to witness to your family, to your own circle of friends, to your own you know, uh, community, seek and seize opportunities as the Lord leads you and guides you in other places as well. You shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. So that's the plan. The plan is to preach the gospel to every creature as Mark said it in his gospel. The plan is to seek and to save the lost. In the same way that the Father sent Jesus Christ to die for the whole world, okay? Jesus is telling us, I'm sending you for that same purpose. Go and preach the gospel so that the whole world will hear the gospel message and that no one would perish, but it all would come to repentance. That's what, the, what, that's what God is telling us. That's the plan for witnessing. So when you consider the final instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can learn that the power for witnessing comes from the Holy Spirit. Witnessing is our priority. It's not other things, okay? It is witnessing. It is preaching the gospel. It is making disciples. And the message is Jesus Christ. Not your church, not your pastor, not your congregation, not whatsoever. It's Jesus Christ. And the plan is to reach as many as we can. To make disciples of all people groups. Then the second, the second half of this, uh, not really the second half, but the next portion of this chapter in chapter 1, beginning in verse 9 down to verse 11, what we can see here is the glorious ascension of Jesus Christ. We've looked at the final instructions of Jesus. Then we can look at the glorious ascension of Jesus Christ. Now, this is so interesting. Because when you consider how Luke recorded okay, uh, the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ in connection to you know, the main task that God has called His people to do, which is to be His witnesses in all the places, to make disciples of all nations, it is quite interesting how the, the glorious ascension of Jesus Christ is connected to that. Notice, first of all, that His glorious ascension actually is the preparation for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Remember that the power in witnessing is the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit has to come and dwell upon His believers in order for Him to empower them. And the, prepar I mean the, the preparation for the coming of the Spirit is the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 1.9, And when He had said these things, after his final instructions to his disciples, as they were looking on intently upon the Lord Jesus Christ, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Imagine ko ba kuyawa, no? You know, namino kaniya, he was giving his final words, final instructions, and then he was being raised up and, you know, gradually he, was, he disappeared before you. That's quite amazing. But here's what I realized. Allowing the disciples to witness his ascension into heaven and him disappearing gradually before their sight exposes yet one more time the issue they needed to 
deal with before they can go and fulfill the Great Commission. And the issue is unbelief. Why do I say that? Remember that Jesus had already told them about these things. He told them that he would die and rise again and then go back to the Father. And even prepare a place for them in the Father's house. He also mentioned that it is necessary for him to depart from the earth in order to make way for the Holy Spirit to come. Remember his words in John chapter 16, beginning in verse 5 down to verse 11. Jesus said these words. He said, but now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Referring to the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you. And when he comes, here's what's going to happen. He said, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judge. You need to realize that the risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ needed to go back to heaven so that the promise of the Father, which is the coming of the Holy Spirit, can take place. He said, if I do not go, the helper will not come. He already told them those things. Right? And yet, they looked on. Where are you going? Why are you leaving us? To the point that, you know, the angels had to appear before them and rebuke them. And in a sense, remind them of what Jesus said to them before. As Jesus said, the Spirit will give them the supernatural ability or the power to be His witnesses. So, we can say that His ascension sets the stage for the Spirit of God to come and dwell in the believers. The Holy Spirit will then convict the world of sin, which is unbelief in Jesus Christ, as the disciples will testify about Him. So, the glorious ascension of Jesus Christ is important because it prepares the stage for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, His ascension also paved the way for God to give them the promise of the second coming of Jesus Christ. When you read verse 10, while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. He will come here. Okay? He will come again on this very spot. He will come in the same way. And that serves as a great motivation for the disciples to be about the work that God has entrusted to them, isn't it? Realize this. I just realized this when I, when I studied this chapter. The final instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ found for us in you know, verse 4 down to verse 8. These were the very last words of Jesus before he disappeared before them. Those were the very, very last words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before, you know, he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. Perhaps, you know, God allowed this to be his very last words because 
you know, in a way, God prevented other messages to push away this message. He wants his disciples to remember this and be about the work, be about the mission, be about the ministry that he has left for them to do. So that at the second coming of Christ, God wants to see us busy doing the work he has left us to do. And that's the motivation. That, that should encourage us and motivate us to be about the work, to be about this ministry that God has entrusted to us as witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Remember those words. Remember those words. We will face Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. We will give an account for how we live this life, what we did with his great commission. In Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12, Jesus said, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done, bringing my reward with me. If we are going to live like Jesus, then we must also embrace his mentality and dedication when we talk about the work entrusted by God to us. Remember, Jesus was sent by the Father, and this was his mentality found for us in John chapter 9, verse 4. Jesus said, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. In other words, adapt that mentality. We are to be about the work of witnessing for Christ, of making disciples, of preaching the gospel, of seeking the lost while we can. Because the time is coming when we could no longer do it. When Jesus comes again, when the rapture happens, or when the Lord takes, away our, takes, takes our life, we could no longer witness for Jesus Christ. We could no longer evangelize. We could no longer share the gospel to our family and friends to our neighbors and our community. All of that will come to a complete and eternal end. So while there is opportunity, while it is day, quote unquote, let's be busy and be about the work of testifying for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our priority, as Jesus said. So in conclusion, God has called us to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. But he has also made it so clear that it is the Spirit of God who is the source of our power and strength. In fact, God has provided all the resources that we need in order for us to accomplish the task of evangelizing the world and making disciples of all nations. He has given us the Spirit of God. He has given us the Word of God and has given us the privilege to come before God in prayer. So we have the power of the Word of God, we have the power of the Spirit of God, and we have the power of prayer. God has provided all the resources that we need to be successful and to accomplish the mission He has left us to do. So it is now up to us individually as Christians and collectively as a church, corporately as a church, to appropriate these resources and put them in good use. Will you... Join the gospel movement today. Will you take part of the global gospel movement of the Holy Spirit through the church? Will you commit to be a faithful witness, an empowered witness of the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you make that decision today?
tell of his wondrous love. Talked about his amazing grace. There are so many lost and dying people around you. They need to hear the message. You know the truth. You have the message as a Christian. Will you take that step of faith and trust the power of the Spirit of God and the power of the Word of God and the power of prayer? Preach to them in love. Be used by God until Jesus comes again. And I hope that it is your desire that when Jesus comes, he will find us faithful. That when Jesus comes, he will find us busy and, you know, enjoying the work that he has entrusted to us. So may the Lord bless you. Again, as my last and parting words for, for this first message of this series, Empower Witness, remember this. It is the Spirit of God who enables the church to testify for Jesus. And if you are a believer, you are a witness for the Lord Jesus. You are called and commanded to testify of Jesus Christ in all the places that you can. So I hope that you will commit. I hope that you will submit to the authority of the king and commit to the mission to spread the message and please our master until he comes again. May the Lord bless your heart. Thank you.